Hey everyone, welcome to She Rises Studios podcast. I'm Hannah Olivas and I'm going to be your host today. And I am joined with the Double Duo team. Uh, we have some special guests with us today. We have Susanna Buller and Eduardo Buller. And we are going to talk about real estate advocacy. I want to say we're going to talk about um, bridging the wealth gap and really teaching people how to become homeowners and so much more. So thank you both for joining me today. Welcome. Please introduce yourselves. Thank you, Hannah. My name is Eduardo Buller. I work at a bank. It's called Planet Home Lending. I'm a lender there. I've been doing this for over 12 years in the lending side and almost 15 years in the real estate business. Um, I was a member of NARIP, which is the National Association of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals. And I was the president for the Las Vegas chapter 2020 and 2021. Um, yes, so kind of that's basically my gist. I'm a lender and I'm also an advocate. I go out there and uh, fight for Hispanic homeownership primarily. Hi, I'm Susana Buller. Uh, I started in the lending world about three years ago. I'm also with Eduardo at Planet Home Lending. I'm part of his team and I'm happy to be here. Well, welcome both of you. So you are brother, sister, right? Yes. Uh, so my <laughs> first question is going to be, how do you work together? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that because as kids, we, we always were in conflict, right? We, we just bumped heads all the time. But when we work together, it's completely the opposite. We actually just get along. It's like she knows exactly what I need. I know exactly what she needs and it just fits perfectly. It's really good. It's a really good work environment. Yeah. Susana, do you agree? Yes, I do. <laughs> we tried it, what, like 14 years ago for the first time and it went really well. Um, but I went back to school and he continued his lending career. So finally, three years ago, we decided that it was time to do it again. Wow. Well, thank you so much for both of you being here today. So, so as you mentioned earlier, you know, and we met through NAREP, um, which I had a phenomenal time. Um, it's probably one of the best networking groups that I have ever been to. Um, it, it was great. I mean, everyone is so friendly, so welcoming, but I learned a lot. Um, and, and I could not and would never stop promoting um, the group because I just saw the community in there. And I love the purpose of teaching men and women to be homeowners. Um, and you're, you live here in Las Vegas. I'm a Las Vegas um, native as well. And I guess what I wanted to ask both of you is what are some of the things that you're seeing happening in terms of home ownership here in our in our community? Yeah, I guess in the last few years or the, the three years that I've been here, there's been like a lot of changes where like in 2020 and 2021, there was a lot of people rushing to buy homes because I think I don't know if people were scared that the interest were going to go up or the prices starting to rise. So everybody was selling and buying, selling and buying. And then it kind of like slowed down. So right now we see a lot of people that didn't jump in the train two years ago when the interests were pretty low and now they're ready to buy because obviously renting is always a hundred percent interest. So it doesn't matter if the interest, it's a little bit different. Home ownership will always be your best bet. So we have a lot of people trying now and interested in getting educated and getting the opportunity to get a home. What about you, Eduardo? What are you seeing? 
Um, I agree with Susanna. There's definitely um, people coming back to try to purchase a home. What I have seen is, unfortunately, the decline on applications, especially with minorities like Hispanics. Um, the reason why is because most Hispanics are in the median or low income uh, range. So, um, say 2011, 2012, um, a housekeeper or someone who works in the utility department at the hotel or the casino, because we have a lot of casinos here in Las Vegas, uh, and a lot of Hispanics make up the workforce in those casinos. So, um, someone making forty, fifty thousand dollars a year could afford a home because you know you could buy something for one hundred fifty, two hundred thousand dollars. Um, nowadays, that's on, it, it doesn't exist, right? So what I am seeing, though, is I'm seeing families getting together, like brother and sister, mom and dad and the brother, right? Mom and dad and the kids, and, and joining hands because we understand the concept of home ownership, right? Uh, and we want to make that American dream come true uh, at whatever cost, sometimes even at the cost of getting a house together first, Um um, and then establish that for the future. And then if things get uh, to the point where it's affordable again for each individual to get a house, that would be excellent. But that's, mm -hmm. that doesn't exist. So right now we see a lot of families getting together and joining hands and going like, how can we buy a house together? Right. Um, and that's what I've been seeing lately in the market for sure. Do you notice that, um, especially in the last, I would say since the pandemic hit, have you noticed that um, there's a lot of multifamily living situation? Because as you mentioned, rent has completely changed here locally um, where it's almost not even affordable for you to live, you know, on your own. It's like family members are getting together and renting a bigger home and, and doing that multifamily living, which that is something I would love to see change, you right. know, mm -hmm. um, but what can we do? Like, what are some steps that we could take to really attain becoming a homeowner versus, you know, having to do it all together? Right. So um, there are several factors that could affect, um, you know, homeownership for people. One is obviously the, the, the wealth gap. Right. Mm -hmm. um, as far as income goes and what the minimum, you know, minimum hourly wage is and inflation and how that has changed the game, because a dollar is not what it used to be a year ago. Yeah. Right. But they still get to pay the same amount. They probably got a raise for 15 cents this year. So obviously that's the first thing that needs to change. And there's got to be more equitative wealth distribution in the sense of employment and income. Uh, mm -hmm. so that it can be affordable to buy a house. That's number one, I think. Number two, I think education has a lot to do with it. I think people need to get informed. Um, you can go to a seminar, for example. We do seminars, right? Like for first-time home buyers, and mm -hmm. we'll try to guide them through different options, like down payment assistance. What programs the state has for them? Uh, there's a culinary program for people who work at the casinos, right? And all of these programs are there uh, and meant to help people get educated so that they can prepare themselves for home ownership. And sometimes, yeah, right now it will take two, three families to get together and, and buy a house. Um, but at the same time, education is everything, I think. And preparing yourself for buying a house is very important. And it can take years sometimes to buy a house. But it, it's not for everyone at the same time. I believe there's an opportunity for people at a certain time and then for different people at different times, right? And at this time, it's 
well, you know, it's adding people up so that you can buy. But I hope that changes, like I said, with the income and on the education so we can get forward and move forward and, and get our people into houses faster. Now, is the education side something that both you and Susana work on um, is educating your clients and future clients? Like what are some of the resources that you work and, and teach. Yeah. So like Eduardo said, we have started doing seminars again. Um, and in the, the first seminar, we had the Nevada Housing Division. So they are the ones that do the down payment assistance here in the state. So it was pretty cool to have one of the representatives there because they can explain the program better. Um, and we also joined forces with another uh, realtor from uh, NAREP as well. Um, who was there to explain the realtor part of it. And then we were there to s explain the lending part. Um, usually we have like a phone consultation with clients where we, um, it's usually me who just touch bases with them and see where they are, what they're looking for, if they've been looking in the market to see, you know, um, how much the houses are, what they do for a living. And then we do an application and that's when we say, okay, you can qualify by yourself or we need more income. And then Eduardo will sit down and take like about an hour to an hour and a half which it, with each client and just give them a rundown of what to expect and what to do from now on. So like Eduardo said, some clients are not ready right now, but what we always tell them is we're here for you for the long term. So if right now it doesn't work out in a year, in two years, it will. And we have a pretty good you know, database where we keep touch and we keep notes and we have clients from three years ago that couldn't afford back then that are buying now. So we do try to educate them. I think the biggest thing, just going back to that part where you said to like try to make home ownership for each individual person um, a thing instead of a lot of people. Uh, the biggest thing I think is what they don't understand is that when you apply for a loan, we can only count between 42 to 50 percent of your income for payments of your mortgages, your car payments, your credit cards, if you have any, you know, IRS debt. Um, so sometimes they're like, you know, I make $8,000 a month, but I can't afford a mortgage. But then they have two cars, they have all these other payments. So even though in reality they can't afford the house, in paper they can't. Mm -hmm. So that's very important to, you know, talk to them and explain to them because they're paying more rent than what would they would be paying in a mortgage. But because they have two cars that are six, eight hundred dollar payments that lower your purchasing power. And sometimes sometimes you see that those cars, they're not even theirs. Like they co-signed with a brother and to help the brother out, right? So obviously we have to educate them so that they understand what they get into and what ratios are and how your debt plays a big part of the application process and the approval process. So yeah, we'll have people, for example, who signed for up for a brother for a, a car, right? And if we have 12 months of payments of that brother that he makes the payment on the bank statement, um, then we can omit that and actually qualify them for more. So these things, right? And maybe the brother was paying it by mistake, right? So he says, oh my God, okay, so from now on, my brother's gonna pay the car. We wait those 12 months and then we can omit it so they can qualify. So education is so important for people um, that wanna qualify for a house, definitely, yeah. So when you're, when you're talking to potential um, homeowners, how are you, it, it almost sounds like there, there's some type of, um, and we talked about this for a second pre-podcast, um, advocacy. Right. And you mentioned that you, you go once a year to Washington, but 
it almost sounds like there needs to be a form of advocacy here locally in the community where someone is actively looking for people who want to buy homes, but they're in that situation that you just described. Like they need that extra push, that extra education and knowledge to make those better decisions. Um, We, we focused a lot through um, she rises about becoming financially fit because if you're not financially fit, like what Susana mentioned, you know, on paper, you make $8,000, but you also have an $800 car payment, a $600 car payment and lenders look away, right? Because of the, 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 the ratio. So we have to be better at educating, um, even in car purchases, um, loans, you know, all these different things that are out there not to get credit cards, you know? So I think it's, it, it's even a step further or deeper in the advocacy form. And is that something that you both actively work on? Yeah. So with, with, when we do our seminars or when we have these one-on-one chats with families, um, one of the things we touch on very, very uh, strongly is credit, right? How does credit play a huge part of your financial stability mm-hmm. and how to use it properly? Because most of when I got to this country, I remember I got my first credit card and I was like, Okay, so in order to get good credit, I have to use it. So I used the entire credit card and my <laughs> score went down to the floor, right? Yeah. And then I learned that, you know, uh, the bureaus are looking at your expenses with the credit card based on the limit. If you get a $1,000 limit, you shouldn't be using more than $300, for example, right? 30% mm-hmm. of the actual limit. And that will show the credit, uh, the, the bureaus that you are responsible enough to carry debt, but at the same time, you're responsible enough to pay it off too. And you're more likely to pay it off at $300 than using the entire credit card, right? So I didn't know that. And once I learned that, then I started using that to my favor and then building my credit up so that I could start buying property. I could start buying, you know, securing my future with lower interest rates. So it's such a huge step on the home ownership and any financial stability to understand how credit works. So we're big on on how to teach these people, um, you know, our community, how to use credit properly. And I think that's one of the main things that we teach. Yeah, for sure. So what is one of the biggest things that you would like to see happen um, for the rest of 2023 in terms of uh, people becoming homeowners? What, what, what are you looking forward to? I think um, most likely, and it's already been predicted that rates will be coming down. Uh, we got to the sevens, you know, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Well, not really. I, I don't know if you know this, but historically speaking, we have seen sevens before in the 90s. You know, we've mm-hmm. seen 10s, we've seen 12s, but people have a really short, uh, you know, um, memory. Uh, and obviously we've seen the twos, two and a half, three percent. So now we're at seven. So it's scary, right? Um, And a lot of people bought at 4% or 3% or 5%. So Mm -hmm. if they want to sell and buy another property later, maybe because they got divorced, I don't know. uh, They are waiting for the opportunity for rates to come down so they can put their house in the market. And then that is going to make all these buyers that are kind of like waiting, they're staggered. There's a lot of people that are like resilient. They're there like soldiers going to look for homes every day and they're making multiple offers. There's not enough houses. There's not enough inventory. But once rates go down, I think we're going to see an increase on probability of you being able to purchase a home in the near future. And I hope that gives some stability for home home ownership and the home buying process too. 
Wow, what a shift. So my next question was going to be, you know, in the past, Vegas has always been kind of this hot spot of, oh, I want to come invest. I want to come and and buy 10 houses because it it costs less here. And they turn around, they flip them or they use them as investments. Or now people are using them as, you know, rentals, uh, Airbnb, uh, verbal rentals. How, how do you think the market's looking for the rest of this year, beginning of next year for that? So as far as rentals go, um, we haven't seen a decline on rental, uh, you know, rates as far as that mm-hmm. goes. Uh, Airbnb is a huge thing. However, the legalities of the operations that we have here in Las Vegas, you know, we have 10 times more Airbnbs than, than, than are licensed to operate. So wow. obviously that's, if, if they start cracking down on that, you know, I, it, I think it's kind of like Uber. Remember when Uber came and the taxis and all of these um, companies were against it and, you know, they banned Uber for a little bit, but changes like Airbnb and, and Uber and all these um, groundbreaking technologies are bound to get accepted sooner or later, right? So I think we're going to see an increase on licensing and and and, and the, uh, the easiness of the process to be able to do your own Airbnb, uh, obviously following guidelines that are more you know, uh, that, that protect the people that are going to your Airbnb and protect you. Because if you're illegally doing it, most likely you're you're, you're not doing the, 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 you're not following the guidelines that Airbnb mm-hmm. have. So I think everything has a, a, a way of working out in the end. And I really hope that we see a, a, an increase on short-term rentals. I think that will also help our economy and help our people uh, get more wealthy so that they can prepare to buy other property, right? Um, Definitely. And, and with that, something that I would like to add to is um, Eduardo has been doing also seminars for investment. So if you are already a homeowner and you're interested in buying a second home, he goes over how to do that. Um, and one thing that I think a lot of people don't know or I didn't know when I purchased my uh investment properties was that you can use the future rent of the house as income so because rents are so high right now you can you know rent it out for way more than what your mortgage will be so you are getting like even a little bit of extra income Mm -hmm. in your application when you're buying for investment so that's something that also people don't know they're like oh my gosh you know how am i going to qualify for two mortgages but then if you're going to rent it out, when they do the appraisal, they tell you how much you can rent the house for. And you can use that to offset the mortgage of that house. Yeah, so- we, we have a couple of clients that have been with us since the beginning. And they're, they're, they, their average income, $50,000, $60,000 a year. And they have purchased eight homes with me for the past 10 years, right? So they could literally retire right now with just having those homes. And every year they'll come back and they'll probably sell one and buy another two, but they couldn't have started that without putting the founding blocks, right? The, mm-hmm. the, the base, which is the first home or the home ownership so that they can start working and building wealth, right? So I'm big on that. And I hope that anyone who's listening to this uh, gets educated on how they can create a financial nest for their own sake and family through mm-hmm. real estate. And it's, I think, one of the most uh, easiest way to uh, create wealth and maintain wealth into the future. Right. Let's talk about that for a second. So 
You know, there's a, a, I hear and and read a lot uh, that they encourage, you know, parents um, of younger children to, to purchase a home for their child, even though their child is 12 and 13 years old and utilize that as an investment. And some people turn it into it being a moneymaker for college or, you know, are you seeing things like that happening here in our market? Yes. In fact, we are about to purchase a home for our parents. Oh, okay. Um, okay. They are retired. They, they, their income is low. They could not afford a house themselves. However, um, it's an investment for us too, because when they park this world, what's going to happen to their house, right? So, uh, and we will invest and we will put our credit together, right, Susanna, most likely. Mm-hmm. And you can buy a house for 5% down, you know, for your parents. And we'll help them subsidize the payments a little bit and help with that. And then that creates wealth not only for them or more financial stability, it also gives them a home and it also produces wealth for the family and for the rest of us too. So, yeah, that's a good point. I think every family should consider uh, what options they have all together and how to strategize, how to play the right card at the right time, right? <clears throat> I, I agree. I, this question I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask Susanna. So in, in the market here locally for Vegas, how often are you seeing the single mother wanting to become a homeowner? We have, we've had a few of of them and they do want to do that. But sometimes we are seeing right now because how the prices have changed, um, our one income household sometimes is not enough. So um, a lot of them are partnering Mm -hmm. up with like their parents to get more income or, um, you know, brothers or other people, but definitely we do see an interest because I think, you know, I, I am, you know, I am divorced and I have two kids and that is like my plan. I have two investment properties that are going to be not necessarily for my kids. Like I'm not going to give them the keys and be like, here's your house. It's more like, okay, if you're going to college, now it's time to sell the house or, you know, and use that money. Mm -hmm. But, um, I do think that, single mothers with one income right now it's it's hard it is it is hard unless you have um a little bit of help but we do have down payment assistance programs that can help with like the down payment um and right now we're still also asking for closing costs Mm -hmm. of the sellers so that can also alleviate some of the upfront cost that maybe some of them might not have it right now um so i i think that it's always good to apply that's what I tell like the clients in the first call like it's always good to just see where you are like maybe it's not right now maybe it'll be in a year maybe it'll be in two years but you have a plan you have you know what you need to work on do I need to save more money do I need to find another job with a higher you know paying um, like hourly or salary what do you need to do to achieve the home that you're looking for and sometimes even if you start small let's say you start with a condo or you start with a townhome and then you rent out that townhome and you can use that income to qualify for a bigger house because now you don't only have your income your hourly Mm -hmm. income now you have a, a rental you know so sometimes your expectation has to be more realistic, I think, in this market and say, maybe I'll start with a townhome. Maybe I'll start with a condo because that's what I can afford right now. But then in two, three years, I can rent that out and get the house that I actually want. 
So I think that's important to just keep in mind. This is great information. So what is something that we can look forward to from you both um, moving into the rest of this year? More seminars, more advocacy, kind of a combo. What's yes. one of the goals for you both? We are trying to have uh, at least two seminars a month, one in Spanish, one in English, exclusively for first-time home buyers, because I think that's the founding block or the first people we should be helping. Um, and then we'll probably have one event per every two months or so for um, more experienced um, buyers who have already purchased a few times that need help understanding how they can acquire more property with the current income, with the current situation they're in, right? Um, but yeah, I, I encourage everyone to look for these seminars, be it with us or be it with anyone else, um, to, to instruct themselves on how they can, uh, knowledge is power, okay? And um, going at it, you need to learn first how to get there and then take the steps, right? So don't think, oh, I don't qualify because maybe my credit is bad. No, don't think about it that way. Be like, how can I get my credit where it needs to be so I can qualify? And that's where we come in, right? We can tell you, okay, you, you can do this, you can change that. And then once we have that whole thing figured out, the next step is easy. You just buy the house, right? right. Um, so I think that's the main thing for yeah. us is to help people. We help many families every year. And we're looking forward to helping as many as we can this year. It is a tough year to work in this market. Uh, sellers are, uh, buyers are having uh, difficulties finding the house they like, or like Susana said, or um, asking for the closing costs that they need. Mm -hmm. uh, but what I recommend everyone is, I still see people buying. Don't lose hope. If you already have a pre-approval and you're looking at for houses right now, be resilient, okay? It's going to take time, but I can assure you, the more you look at it, the easier it's going to be and the faster you're going to purchase a home. So stay resilient, guys. Do you think it's it's fair to say we don't have enough uh, inventory? Is that kind of what is part of the issue? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. The inventory last year was about 12,000 uh, properties at one time. We're at 6,000. Oh, wow. Half of oh, wow. So I, I think the biggest problem too is, for example, right, I have my home and my interest is 3.25. So if I want to sell, let's say I want to sell this house to get a bigger house. Now my house has equity, but do I really want a you know, 7% interest. Like that's mm -hmm. why people are not selling because they're waiting. So that's what Eduardo was saying. Like once the interest maybe go to a, a lower, mm -hmm. you know, that you feel more comfortable, like, okay, you know, from three and, you know, from 3.25, I can go to 4.25 or like even five. And then it's not, it's easier to make that decision. So, cause that's the question, right? Like, why would I sell my house even though I want to either upgrade or right. get, you know, more rooms? the payment doesn't make sense. So hopefully once the interests, um, you know, go down a little bit more, people are going to be willing to put their house in the market. And then, you know, it's kind of like a flow and also uh, building, right? Like, because I believe that because of COVID, a lot of the buildings slow down because mm -hmm. of materials that were, you know, yeah. that were not being shipped, that, you know, the world shut down. So we're starting to see new builds also kind of, you know, starting to pick up. And that's also going to put 
obviously houses in the market. Um, and I just wanted to add, besides the seminars, we are, we've been talking about this for a long time. We have our like blueprint of how we want to do our like YouTube channel and start talking about it. Um, it actually started, I'm part of like a Latina, like a Latina moms group in Facebook. And a lot of people had a lot of questions like, Hey, is there like a realtor mm -hmm. here? And I just posted, Hey, what would you guys like to know? And I had a lot of replies. I had like maybe over 50 replies of people like just simple questions that sometimes if you Google them, you don't know, mm -hmm. like you, you don't, you know, you want to hear it from someone that actually knows. So that's like another big project that we have that we still have to, you know, we already bought the mic and the lights and the green screen and all that, but we just need to do it. So that's another thing that we're hoping to do because, you know, maybe sometimes people can't go to the seminar, they can't drive yeah. there, um, but they can go into YouTube or go into, you know, Facebook and check the videos out. We have to get you on Phoenix TV because what you're talking about is um, so important. You know, I, especially, I feel like we all should be investing in home ownership um, but, but even taking it a step further and like what you mentioned earlier, Eduardo, you know, building that wealth nest, um, because we don't know what the future really holds ahead, but being prepared and getting prepared now is going to make all the difference in the world. But I think I, you, you both have given so much knowledge in such a short time. I, I could sit here and ask you another hundred questions, <laughs> but I, I really am excited for, um, what's to come. And I'm actually looking forward to seeing you both a lot more on, uh, in the local community. And if there's anything that we can do, you know, to support and, and refer, of course we will. Is there anything else that you would like to say to the audience today before we end? Apply, see where you are, get, um, I like to have a plan. I like to know where I'm going. And if you don't know where you are, there's no way that you know where you want to go. So if you have the desire to own a home, just see where you are, you know, have a frank conversation of where your credit's at, how are your spending habits? You know, maybe if you save $100 a month, $200 a month can make the difference. Like I was reading something about like, if you make one payment, one extra payment in your mortgage a year, you shed seven years. Of payments so you know just things like that if you just have to apply put mm -hmm. yourself out there uh, we definitely don't judge right like when we see a low credit score we're always trying to help you so even if it's not for now we can help you we will help you get there like that's kind of where I'm going for like just know where you are get a plan and work your way to what you want because we can all th the resources are there the information is out there and we can make it happen. Yeah. And if you're already pre-approved, don't lose hope. Keep looking for homes. Uh, there's more inventory coming. There's always going to be inventory. The, 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 the question is, when is it your turn to get that house, right? Mm -hmm. So don't lose hope. I still see a lot of families buying homes at this time. Uh, and yeah, just stay resilient out there, you know? And how can, um, how can people find you? So you can always reach us at 702 542-8884. That's our phone number, our main line. Uh, you can also contact us at contact at eduardobuller.com. That's my first name and last name, contact at eduardobuller.com. And I can definitely send you all my um, Facebook and Instagram uh, information so that you can share it. 
and we make it very si- we make it very simple. We can do it over the phone. We can do an online application. We can do an in person application. So even for people that you know are working or they don't know, um, we try to make it very easy. So there's different ways that you can apply or just talk to us. I, I like that you're telling everyone to like just apply, see where you're at. I think a lot of people are afraid to even do that, but you have to start somewhere. So I would say the first step is apply. (laughs) And it's free. Like it's free. We'll run your credit. We'll do the application because we are not trying to get your business right now. This is a Mm -hmm. long-term investment for us. Our clients are. And relationship too. Yeah. Because then if you're not ready, then then you'll be like, hey, you know what? My brother wants to buy and mm-hmm. you explain it so good and you did this for me. So I'll get your brother, you know, my brother will contact you. So that's where we actually that's where my brother gets most of his business is just past clients and family and friends. Yeah. Look for us. Just Eduardo Buller. Uh, Google me and you'll see where we have some online presence already. So hopefully you like what you see and you can contact us and we can start helping you towards this process. Well, thank you both so much for coming on today. I learned a lot. I'm very excited for everyone to hear this and we will definitely attach any information um, for anyone to come and find you. And it was great chatting with you both. And thank you for sharing your knowledge with everyone. Thank you, Hannah, for having us. The pleasure. Thank you yeah, so much for you. having us. All right. Have a great rest of your <laughs> day. You. Talk soon. You too. Bye everyone. Thank Bye. you for joining. She Thank you. Thank you all so much for joining another episode of She Rises Studios podcast. Please follow us online at She Rises Studios. You can also visit our website at www.sherisesstudios.com.